0: I'm gonna throw a two, one, and I'm gonna- episode 41 of the red hot Recap. this episode is sponsored by cushy dreams stress anxiety sleeping problems trouble quieting your mind these are common problems but they don't have to be so bad thanks to cushy dreams cushy dreams specializes in high quality legal cannabis that's smokable cbd and smokable delta 8 thc cbd has been shown to help with anxiety depression inflammation and pain relief without the high And Delta-8 is similar, but with some added euphoria. Uh, Sorry about that, they're putting in mirrors at the gym here, so that'll be good. Whether you want to smoke beautiful bud or pre-rolls, Cushy Dreams has you covered. Their popular pre-roll joints are rolled into organic hemp paper and feature an even, slow burn. Flour is available in eighth of an ounce, nitrogen-sealed cans, and now humidity-controlled half-ounce and full-ounce Mylar bags. They offer both indica and sativa strains, and you get to pick the mood you want to experience. If you want to relax, you want to create, you want to hustle, you want to go to practice, get a little smoke smoke in you, peace, energy, dream. Uh, the flower looks, smells, tastes like high-quality marijuana, and it's always organic. It has low THC, under 0.3% THC. It is top-shelf cannabis that ships discreetly to you and directly to all 50 states so if you're hiding it from grandma or you're hiding it from your wife or something which I know a lot of people that do which is sad then they'll ship it to you discreet you can go in the garage and do a little smoke smoke the offer go to cushydreams.com k-u-s-h-y at checkout use promo code all caps redhawk for 25% off your next order first second and third order Smoke your CBD and Delta 8 with promo code RedHawk and get 25% off today. These are nice too. You can smoke these fucking joints and they don't just blast you off or you can't even talk anymore. So if you like doing a little smoke smoke here and there, uh, try them out. Cushy Dreams. Uh, we're here today with my friend Eric, your boy Anders. Um, Eric played as a linebacker for Alabama and you guys won the national championship
1: we did we did we were the uh first under the Saban regime and you know they've won like shit like seven now holy smokes together, yeah
0: i bet that was a fun little uh fun little stint in college was it
1: yeah yeah it was great you know first we started with shula and you know we really didn't win much and then Saban came had a whole culture change and you know we started winning mm-hmm. it was great
0: so did it going to school in alabama Did they they take care of you pretty well there
1: Kind of, yeah, while you're in school. You know, there are no pro teams. There are no really other teams other than Auburn and UAB and stuff like that. So, you know, Alabama reigns supreme. They've won the most – one of the most famous teams. They have a lot of history and tradition. So, you know, the University of Alabama essentially is the pro team. So, as soon as we started winning, you know, everybody likes winners, you Mm -hmm. know. So, a lot of doors opened
0: up. So, were you guys like – to I mean for a national championship team, you guys probably didn't party too hard or did you guys get your fair share of partying in?
1: Uh dude, I was a seven night a uh seven night a week party guy. You know I do not I d I don't <clears throat> I've never slept much, so you know, I would uh you know, just be up all night, be at the bar, you know Damn. Uh, you know, live that kind of life. But, you know, now that I'm older I always think back like how much better could I have been, like, even though I wasn't asleep, like mm-hmm. You know, maybe I watch film uh, at the house. Maybe I just lay down and rested. But, man, I've always been, like, kind of an antsy guy. So I've always yeah. been up and moving. So, oh, well, the bar is open. Let me go see if I can.
0: And I bet being a starting linebacker for them, I mean, for the chicks, were the chicks just flooding in left and right?
1: It, you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, everybody likes winners. Everybody mm-hmm. likes starters. Um, and, you know, if you play ball at Bama, then. You know, you might as well be playing for the for the L.A. Lakers or the, yeah. the Miami Dolphins, you know.
0: Well, it's crazy. Now, now kids in college can start making money, right, doing deals and shit? Man,
1: these kids are out here getting rich. Are they yeah. balling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a kid from Ohio State. Um, I don't know. I can't remember his name, but when he was a freshman, he was like the third or fourth string. This kid's from Texas. And uh, he sold the rights to his signature for three years for $1.5 million dollars. So the only thing I don't know, I was like, does does he get that money? Does it go into a trust, or like, is that in his account? Like, how old know, was he? Uh, this kid's like eighteen, nineteen. Damn. You know, he graduated early uh, and went to Ohio State, so he might have even been seventeen. Yeah,
0: because so. looking back now, now, I mean, you probably could have got some serious endorsement deals uh, back then, but who knows if that would have led you to where you're at? So after after you guys won, did you? What made you decide to fight instead of go to the NFL?
1: You know, uh, that's a pretty popular question. You know, it's like if I had the choice, I would have played. But uh, essentially what it boils down to is I wasn't good enough, wasn't big enough, wasn't fast enough, wasn't all that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I went to Canada, same thing. I I got on with the Cleveland Browns, got cut, went to Canada, got cut, played a year of arena ball and, you know, pretty much just – you know, I said, if it's not the NFL, then I don't want to do this. So, you know, I was thinking I was going to go back to Alabama and land a cush, you know, corporate job, you know, doing whatever. But, you know, the doors weren't really open anymore. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, all these dudes who own companies and CEOs of this, that, and the third would, you know, hey, let's go to lunch, let's talk about a job. And then I would spend two hours talking about Nick Saban and Mark Ingram, who was Alabama's first Heisman Trophy Uh, winner and then just for at the end of the conversation it's like oh we don't have any job opportunities so you know I found myself uh you know I was where I I worked as a janitor um I cleaned apartments um
0: what degree did you get
1: health studies but you know essentially I tell people you know I majored in eligibility Mm -hmm. you know Uh, that's essentially what it is like I don't think like, if my if I had a kid and he went to school for that, I'd be like, dude, you're on your own. I'm not paying for that. Yeah. You know, if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, or whatever, it's cool. Other than that, go get a trade. And uh, so I just really found myself being frustrated that, uh, you know, just a year ago, you know, I'm living in the same town that I just won a national championship or was on a national championship team. And I'm on my hands and knees scrubbing toilets mm-hmm. and cleaning factories, working with, you know, people that are strung out on drugs, you know. And uh, so man, I just found myself like fighting all the time, you know, drinking. In bars and shit? Yeah, just wherever, you know. Um,
0: well, who the fuck was trying to fight you?
1: It, I, it just, it, it did not take much to.
0: Was your to neck fight. always that
1: big? I used to have like a 22 inch neck. I think it's like Ooh, 19 now, yeah. I was way bigger. And uh, it just didn't take much, dude. I was just like had a lot of. Uh, I was just like angry all the time, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like bitter that the NFL thing didn't work out. And, you know, my whole life they told me to graduate college and, you know, a lot of doors will open up. And, you know, I was like, man, they lied to me. And, uh,
0: I bet, I bet too, like, yeah, winning the national championship, starting, being the fucking man in town. And then all of a sudden that's over. Like,
1: fuck. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was just like, Doing every drug and pill that I could get my hand on, drinking, and then uh, I already had a kid, and you know I was just like, dude, I can't keep living like this, and you know I'm not gonna be around, you know, to see my kid grow up or whatever. So and I just walked into a gym, started training jujitsu. Then maybe a month after that, and I was like, ah, oh, jujitsu's cool and all, but see what these hands are talking about. Mm-hmm. Walking to another gym, sparred the very first day. You know, it's uh, I walked in. The coach was like, "Can you fight?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> Boxing quite, yeah. gym. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it was an MMA gym, but uh, this is Alabama, so there's not like, at the time, there's just not like a like very good like well-rounded
0: high-level training. Yeah, man.
1: and <clears throat> and uh, I knew Walt Harris, so he was like, "Come over here," and I was like, "Where?" The coach was like, "Can you fight?" And, Dude, you can't ask like a 24-year-old. You know, dude who's been competing his whole life and fighting, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah dude for sure. Yeah, I can fight. <laughs> but then I fought Walt and I realized, dude, I cannot fight. But, um.
0: Well, Walt wa- walks around, what, 280?
1: Walt's a big guy. Yeah. yeah. He's about 6'4, 280. And, uh, needless to say, I got beat up, but I, like, fell in love with it right then and there. I was like, dude, I could learn to do this, you know? It's like, it's, but, you know, I think the biggest apprehension from, uh, Like athletes who don't make it in a professional sport, like basketball, football, or or maybe even wrestling, no one wants to be a white belt again. Mm -hmm. You know, if I told you you had to turn in your black belt and had to start all over, you'd be like, "Fuck that!" Yeah. So, but I was like all in, dude. I was like, dude, I'd rather do this and work in an office and be on my hands and knees. So Mm -hmm. let me put all my time, effort, and energy into this. And
0: so, were you still working? As were you still working when you were uh, training as an amateur?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. I worked all the way until I main evented against Machida. Damn, and uh, I so, was working at the gym at that point, so I was, just, you know, yeah.
0: But as an amateur, all people are always asking about that. They always think, I mean, you, you got to have a job. I think. I think it's especially especially when you're a, a starting out as a pro. I think it's important to have a job to where you're not taking fights just to get the payday. I feel like that's a good way for your career to just spiral quickly because you had quite a few amateur fights.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I started training at that gym, and, you know, I'm pretty sure the coach was strung out on, on pills because, mm-hmm. like, I fought a month after I started training. Like, how, what kind of skills could you develop, Yeah. you know, inside of a month? And I fought twice, you know. I remember driving up to the – it was in Huntsville, Alabama, and, and I was smoking Newports on the way up to the, up to the fight. My coach didn't even show up. I had to have some random dude wrap my hands. I was like, dude, can you do my corner? You don't have to say anything. Just pull the stool out in between <laughs> yeah. the rounds.
0: And, Smoking uh, Newports on the uh, way to the fight. <laughs> fight. That,
1: was, that was just like a wild time in my life. And uh, I had two fights. I had a boxing match and an MMA fight. And uh, I knocked the guy out in like 50 seconds. And then, man, I was like, dude, this is it. This is it. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I worked. I did everything. I worked for Coca-Cola. I finally landed a government job uh, up in Huntsville, and that was cool. Got to travel around and stuff. And
0: uh, for your government job?
1: Yeah, I was doing logistics for like procuring parts for like Apache helicopters, and
0: and uh, like what kind of hours did they have you on there where you could train still?
1: I just had to work eight hours, so I could show up at six. And leave early, or I could show up at 8 and leave at 5. But it really didn't matter because I would always get up at like 4, 4.30 in the morning, go work out, mm-hmm. take a shower, go to work, not even go home. Just go straight to the gym, train, and then not get home until like 11 o'clock at
0: night. Yeah, because you fought. So how many amateur fights do you have here?
1: Uh, 23, 24.
0: That's crazy because usually people like with your athletic ability, I mean, have four or five amateur fights and they're like fuck that i'm not doing this for free anymore but you were just wanting to you were enjoying it and just getting the experience or did you have anyone kind of guiding you
1: no like uh, my coach at the time was like i'm telling you dude, he he was strung out dude it was so negligent and like, i was fighting like every two weeks mm-hmm. and of course your body don't appreciate that shit because you're cutting weight you're getting hit you're, you know you're, you have to train in between to stay in shape and stuff but you know looking back now Uh, I thought I was just getting experience, like cage time. But, you know, my coach at the time, he was just kind of like a dog and pony show. He's like, look at my guy, like Alabama football player, blah, 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 blah. Dang. And uh, so I switched gyms to uh, Spartan Fitness there in Birmingham. And they just kind of took my career in a totally different direction. I probably fought like four or five times there as an amateur before I went pro. Because that's when I decided to go to 85 instead Mm -hmm. of fighting at 205. So I wanted to practice my, like, my weight cut and, and doing all that um, before I went pro because I figured the 85 would be my be mm-hmm. my weight class.
0: Well, in college, what were you walking around at?
1: Uh, like 235. Damn.
0: 235 eating, putting on the poundage.
1: Uh, dude, I was on a catfish diet. I was eating pizzas at like midnight, ice cream, beer, just, you know, because I was a smaller guy. Uh-huh. So they were like, dude, you need to, like, fucking bowl get big so i was just like all right but if i like i wish i knew then what i uh know now about like diet and nutrition like dude you can still put on like masks but Mm -hmm. you don't have to eat shit you know Mm -hmm. all the time you know
0: so you're uh we're about two weeks out now and you're fighting a jung yong park the iron turtle and you said you weighed about how much
1: i'm like 200 pounds right now damn that's perfect right yeah yeah so i like to show up at fight week about 200 and maintain that all week and then just cut that 15 and it's no problem
0: who started teaching you kind of how to eat healthy and uh kind of a healthier lifestyle who taught you
1: uh my wife um when i met her you know um she's into like fitness competing and stuff like that and and I was shit telling her, like, what I do to eat. And I was like, I essentially don't eat anything that's, you know, other than leaves, like mm-hmm. spinach leaves. And on the, on the fight week, she was like, this is dumb. You should eat more but smaller meals. And your metabolism will speed up and, you know, all this. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, work. And then I learned how to, like, water load. And now, like, you know, the cuts used to be, like, miserable. I used mm-hmm. to hate them. like, man, fuck. Start doing mad, like how much is thirty percent of my of my purse? Like, is it worth it? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, sure. I need I need every penny, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm broke, and uh, yeah, so you know, she kind of taught me how to do that. They started cooking and making all my meals and stuff for me. And you know, now the more I do it, it gets easier and easier.
0: Hell yeah, that's badass. We, I think the I, the first time I saw you, I think was in Fresno. Was that your debut? No, that was my second fight. Oh, that was your second fight. Oh, yeah, okay, Swanson or Ortega. Damn, that's fucking sweet. So you get get many concussions in football?
1: The, the only time that I've ever been, like, knocked unconscious is playing football. Once when I was 12 and another time uh, when I was in college. And both times they were like, are you all right? I was like, I think so. i like, okay, cool, go do it again. Get back in there. <laughs> Fuck.
0: How did you get knocked out? Um,
1: the first time um, – there's a like a – I can't remember if it's called an Oklahoma drill or an angle tackling drill, but one guy's 10 yards apart and there's a cone in the middle and you just run as hard and as fast and meet in the middle. and and uh, But, dude, no one wanted to go with this kid. And I was like, man, fuck it. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just ran full speed, put my head down, and boom, got up, walked to the back of the line and just kind of got dizzy. And <laughs> shoot, night, you, know, you kind of wake up and hear yourself like, uh – and you wake up and everybody's looking over you and it's like, don't worry, dude, he does that to everybody. I was like, fuck, dude. God fuck, damn. Fuck. And when I was in college and it happened, it was actually kind of scary because I was running down on a kickoff and, uh, you know, had a collision.
0: You the wedge buster?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did, you know. The, called it Suicide Squad for mm-hmm. a reason. And, uh, dude, like my next and cogn- it was on the opposite side of the field. And uh, my next cognitive memory, I was uh i was on our sideline on the other side of the field and i just remember wondering i was like dude how did i get here i was just over there i don't even remember walking it's a 50 yard field mm-hmm. so it says you know it's a bit of a it's a bit of ways so like there's this two three minute gap in my memory i was like dude how the fuck oh so kick off go do it again i was like all right all right, right you know, uh,
0: <laughs> so what kind of stuff stuck out that nick saban that made him such a good leader that you think
1: um, he just changed the whole culture. You know, he held everybody accountable for off-the-field stuff, too. You know, drug tests, going to class.
0: Texting people, like personally texting people and just staying on top of them.
1: Yeah, dude, he was awesome. And, you know, he, you know, the thing that I think amazed me the most is, you know, he'd be talking to somebody over here, not even paying attention to what's going on over there. Stop talking to this dude. Make corrections over here and then go back to talking to this dude. Like, <laughs> How the fuck did you even <laughs> see that? But. Another thing is, you know, he created an atmosphere of competition. You know, when shoot, when the other guy was there, if you were a senior, you were starting, you were playing, no matter what. But when Saving came, he's like, dude, I don't care if you're a fifth-year senior or a true freshman, the best player is gonna play. And don't think that just because you start at the beginning of the season, that you know, come week eight, nine, ten, you're still gonna be the starter. You know, if you have like a bad day or a bad week of practice, dude, they're gonna put somebody in front of you. So you got to be on your shit all the time.
0: So every everyone tighten it up.
1: Yeah. So you know, uh, nobody wants to start starting and then lose their position, especially to a younger guy. So everybody, you know, just uh, got on their shit. You know, Fuck their yeah. schoolwork. And he's a, he's one of those guys that has you if you how you do one thing is how you do everything. So you know he made sure everybody was going to class, you know passing, you know doing all the things they needed to do, and then you got a chance to compete for a starting spot.
0: Hell yeah, that's badass. Yeah, that's real badass. So what kind of what kind of led you to come out to AZ?
1: Um, man, there's just not a whole lot of uh, like training partners, and you know the coaches are really limited out there, so. Um, I just needed a change. I needed to like develop. You know, I, I have the athletic ability. Like you mm-hmm. can teach me to do anything. You teach me how to do a backflip, you do a somersault, you know, whatever. Um, I just needed somebody to teach me, you mm-hmm. know, show me how to be a fighter instead of a brawler. Cause you know, I'll bite down, you know, you don't have to teach me, you know, that's just in me, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, my manager, Jason House was like, hey, you should go holler at Eddie, go check him out came out here and I just like fell in love with his striking system like the movement in and out range and distance is the first time you know anybody ever said anything about range and distance for me and I've been traveling around uh I've been everywhere a lot of places and uh it was the first time someone was like dude you need to why you always trying to fight everybody on their toes like that's why you get hit a lot you know that's why you fucking always need surgery after fights and stuff like, oh, okay. This makes sense. Fuck yeah! And then Santino, his game plan, you know, with those two, and then you know the athletes that are over there are fight ready. It's you know just uh, it's perfect for me.
0: Hell yeah! So this is the first fight camp through Fight Ready, right?
1: Yeah, this would be my fourth. The fourth. Yeah. The first Darren Stewart, second Darren Stewart, uh, Muniz, and now uh, Park
0: Jung Yeah. So do you? Uh, <laughs> you have an airbnb out here
1: yeah yeah i get one like right across the street just by yourself yeah i like to be by myself Mm because you know especially towards the end of the weight cut dude i start getting all irritable and whatnot so i just like to be by myself i don't don't like to wait for nobody to hurry up and get in the car
0: dude yeah wives especially being with your wife wives go through so much dating a fighter Fucking when they have their injuries, when they're being moody as fuck about their weight cuts. Just constantly, every night, sore as fuck. So you, how many weeks out do you leave your two boys and your wife?
1: Uh, Eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. So the fight week would be the eighth week. Um, But my wife, dude, she's a soldier, dude. She gets it. She's the one who told me, she's like, you got to leave. You got to go, you know, because I didn't want to go, you know, because, you know, I got two kids and her. And she was like, dude, how long, how much longer are you going to fight? you know you have the rest of your life to you know be a parent do all this other stuff and you know so go while you still can because you know you don't want to be 50 and be like damn i could have done this i should have done that you know just Mm -hmm. you know go and
0: go all in yeah fuck yeah so uh what do you usually like do in your free time you like do a little smoke smoke
1: nah I, i used to smoke a lot and then uh I smoked that toad, you know. That I uh, did some DMT, and now do I just get like super, like antsy and anxiety and weird whenever I smoke? So I just like, it's not fun for me no more.
0: After the toad, yeah. Hmm. So what was your experience like on the toad? Uh, death, you know. It's
1: uh, it's really is like a, like an like a, kind of kills your ego, you know. Like, uh, have you ever done DMT?
0: I tried to and I failed. I think I didn't. I didn't uh, cook it the right amount, and I tried multiple times too. I'm like, maybe it was bad DMT, but I was like, fuck, I fucked it up like three times in a row.
1: So I think like there. Well, not that I think, but there's two kinds of DMT, and there's like MM DMT, which you know, I've smoked that, and you just lay back and it's like kaleidoscope, just shapes and mm-hmm. colors and whatever. But this, this five uh, meo DMT. Um, Dude, I just felt like I was experiencing death. Like everything went white. felt like my, you know, I kind of astro projected and just felt like my soul. And like you fight it, like you don't want to, because like dude, I just, I remember things. I like, do. I just fucked up. You know, I just, killed, oh, I that just killed, <laughs> I just killed myself. Damn, because uh, who'd
0: you do it with? Or
1: uh I did it in Suhudo's backyard. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, and I was just like, so you know. I wasn't, like, uh, coherent. Like, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was, like, rolling around in his yard, screaming.
0: Screaming, uh, too? Fuck.
1: Like, after, he was like, dude, I'm really surprised the cops didn't come Uh, because you were, you know, wilding Mm -hmm. out. But you don't know you're doing it. Um, But I do remember, like, being terrified. Like, oh, my God, dude, I just fucking killed myself and just orphaned my wife and kids. And uh, then you accept it. He's like, all right, dude, fuck. You know, wherever mm-hmm. I'm going, I'm there. I'm on the way. Like, there ain't no coming back. So, like, you just ride this wave, and then, boom, you come back. And I just remember, like, laying down, face down in the grass, and just, like, feeling like nirvana, just peace, like, calmness, just not a worry in the world. You know, it's kind of like at the end of a mushroom trip, too. You know, I was fucking watching the grass grow and shit. And I was, are you okay? I'm like, man, just. Leave me alone for Peace. a second. Yeah, just let me have this moment for myself. And, uh, dude, I tried to smoke a couple times after that, and I was just like, it's not for me no more.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah, that's nice. Yeah, the thing about the, I'm scared of doing that. I wanted to uh, take sugar and do some ayahuasca and shit, but I'm like, I'm going to wait till after fighting. I don't want him to kill that, kill that, that mode he's got right now and just be too nice and let go of his ego too much, you know?
1: Well, um, with ayahuasca is a little bit different. Like I've heard of people doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, fighters especially, like they'll go do ayahuasca, which is DMT, and uh, they kind of lose that motivation. Whatever made them the fighter they were, or why they started fighting, they kind of lose that. Maybe it was like, you know, they had some top childhood trauma that, you know, uh, subconsciously is why they fight, because you know whatever. Um, and they kind of get over that through the ayahuasca, and now though, they're, they're not the—they have no desire to fight anymore. But I think with the toad, uh, the toad made me want to fight more. Dang. You know, I was like, man, you know, anything that, because man, there's nothing scarier than than thinking you're gonna die. So, you know, I'm not sure like what nerves uh, he's got or you have before you go out and fight, but whatever it is, it, it comes second to you know what you would think when you think you're dying you know yeah
0: fuck yeah for sure for sure so we're back in the apex next week you like fighting in the uh, quiet
1: um perfect scenario for me they would take that cage in the apex to the to the crowds to the pay-per-view events because i do like the smaller cage Mm -hmm. you know Uh, for a fighter like me who wants to stand there and you know uh Throw hands like there's not a lot of running. Yeah. You know they say go. You walk out, touch gloves, and you're on, you know, like two steps. You're on top of each other. So I like that, but you know it, it's the quiet is cool. But man, there's just no better feeling than knocking somebody out and hearing the roar of the crowd. Yeah, you know. Fuck, you electric. Mean, I couldn't imagine how Michael Chandler felt this past weekend. You know, I
0: wasn't in there, but I heard it was loud as fuck. Dude,
1: it got wild in there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was sad to see Tony go down that that hard, wasn't it? But it seems sounds like he's he's not retiring. He's definitely ready to rumble again. I feel like him and Nate Diaz, that would be a good match.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, let them two go at it, you know. Um I think I like Tony in that in that matchup, you know. He's just such a both those guys are such a found fan favorite like mm-hmm. and I just them walking out alone that place is going to, you know, they're going to mm-hmm. tear the roof off that place
0: yeah charles what do you think next should be be next for charles in your opinion
1: um i think it's fair that he fights the winner of deryush and uh islam Islam. yeah because i don't i don't know like what the rankings are but man those guys are on like 10 or 12 fight win Mm. streaks or whatever so you know they've already got pen to paper i think so let them fight and then you know
0: yeah i I hope the fight with him and islam happens because if he fucking just run through Islam, it'll be like, damn, he probably could have smoked Habib. But he's just been looking like a fucking terror lately, dude. Yeah, you know,
1: I, I have to go back and watch Oliveira's, uh, like, fights. But, man, I don't know what, like, of course he's got phenomenal jujitsu, like, but you know, I feel like all his submissions are, like, rear naked chokes and Darces and, you know, so... But like jumping darses and uh, guillotines and stuff, you know. I don't know what you know how many submissions he has like just off his back, you mm-hmm. know. So I'm interested to see, because uh, if what's his if Islam takes him down, like can he triangle him? Can he armbar him? Like I feel like most of his
0: submissions are chokes from mm-hmm. the back. Yeah. Fucking fun to watch, dude. Every fight he's in is so fun to watch. So what kind of shit now you're thirty five years old now, what kind of stuff you doing now to uh recovery that really sticks out? Anything special?
1: Um, a lot of cryotherapy, the Normatech boots.
0: How much cryo? Uh,
1: I try to do it every day. Do you right? Yeah. Um cold tubs, um I try to sleep more like you know i don't go out and, and party anymore really so
0: you feel um, like you got out of your system a bit
1: yeah 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 and uh, See, i just I'm hoping... like don't have the desire i'm married like if i'm going out like what other reason is there to go out than to, to pick up women you that's know?
0: the thing dude going out it's just if you're not getting chicks it's not even that fun i'd yeah. rather be netflixing <laughs> and chilling dude. yeah
1: yeah exactly so um like after the fight, of course, like I'll go out with my old lady. It's fun, you know, just because you're on that, that high or whatever. But I usually just kick it in the crib. And, you know, like I said, you now even though I'm not asleep, like if I do, if I'm off my feet, just kicking it, you know, just resting, you're still like recovering a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's really hard of- to recover when you're running around, you know, drinking and, and doing all that other stuff.
0: Yeah, the alcohol, dude. Fuck the alcohol. Shit fucks you up, just too bad. <laughs> so, like today, what kind of stuff did you what What did you eat for breakfast today?
1: Um, I had one of those icon meals: some sweet potatoes, uh, sweet potatoes and chicken. Because I knew today would be a harder day. Um, did some live wrestling goes with uh, Ray Waters and uh, Austin Clifford. I don't know if you know
0: who they are, but I know uh, Ray. I, I yeah. don't not familiar with the Austin kid.
1: Yeah, he wrestled at ASU as well. Um, you know, Ray's one of the most athletically gifted guys I've ever Is he really?
0: Been That's what around. I keep hearing.
1: Dude, he posted a video on his Instagram when he was like nine doing like parallel bars or some like fucking oh, gymnastics shit. shit. Like, what? Damn. And uh yeah, dude, you grab him, he's like super strong. He can do all those backflips and tumbles and all that stuff, super explosive. So, you know, just working with like a guy like that, you know, Jin Park, there's no way he's like, that caliber of athlete. I'm not saying he's not an athlete, but mm-hmm. he's not going to be able to blast double me like that. He's not going to be able to pick me up like that. He's not going to be able to – there's no way he's that strong, yeah. you know, explosive. So if I can handle Ray,
0: then – Is that yeah. what this young guy is going to try to do is take you down?
1: Um, I don't know. He seems to be a striker, but, you know, he got TKO'd in his last fight, so – I don't know some fighter that ruins their confidence and their and their striking fighting, uh, you know, like that. So yeah, some fighters wrestling. So we'll see what he tries.
0: Yeah, you see some some guys get after a loss or getting finished or whatever. that kind of demoralizes them a little bit. You ever you ever after your losses and stuff? Are you pretty good with dealing them deal with them, or do you go to sports psychology, or what do you usually do? Yeah, I
1: give myself twenty four hours. Win, lose, or draw, Like. 24 hours of salt, 24 hours to, you know, kind of beat my chest a little bit. And then after that, like when I get back home uh, on Sunday, you know, it's back to reality, you know. I'm not a fighter anymore. I'm dad, you mm-hmm. know, husband and, you know, just working my garden.
0: Yeah. Who, who kind of taught you to have that, that mindset and that outlook?
1: That's a Nick Saban thing. Was it? Yeah, because, you know, we were winning. So he wanted to, like, teach, like, complacency and. Dude, what you did last week ain't got shit to do what you do, you know, this week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you keep talking about, you know, beating Florida and we're playing LSU this week, LSU's going to whoop your ass. And then you're going to be talking about losing to LSU and now you got to play Georgia. So you've got you know,
0: keep it moving. Damn, that's nice. That's nice. What kind of shows you into?
1: Um, I'm finishing up Ozark. Um, but my favorites are like uh, murder mysteries and documentaries, um Uh, forensic files is probably my favorite show ever, and uh, just all those like I like watching like those Ted Bundy's, and uh, you know, I think it's crazy like some somebody could like has that in them to do that, you know, was that person made or was it uh nurtured or whatever, you know, I think that kind of shit is wild,
0: yeah, like yeah were they made by their parents was it something some drug their parents did that gave them that sociopath just to not give a fuck about anyone it is interesting i'm watching this show right now i think it's called who do you believe on hulu it's like real stories of couples and her side of the story and then you hear his side of the story and they're always completely fucking different and you try you got to try to decide who's lying it's pretty interesting.
1: Does it tell you at the end? Uh, it doesn't
0: tell you at the end, so you just got to kind of decide. But it's it's pretty. I'm only we only watched the first episode, and it was pretty easy to tell that the girl's the fucking psycho liar. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy shit. Crazy shit. So, how old are your boys?
1: Uh, twelve and ten.
0: They w- what are they into?
1: Everything. You know, they play pretty much all the ball sports. Um, football, wrestling. The oldest one does football, wrestling uh track uh he wants to play basketball um do
0: they they like watching their dad fight
1: yeah yeah um it's funny because you know if we just go like as a family to a fight they sit there they watch the whole thing but when they go to watch me fight Dude, as soon as I'm done fighting dude, they pass out, dude. It's like <laughs> I bet. High high <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude. It's like a sugar rush for them, dude. They you know, they get super amped up and then they crash. They never make it to the end. Um but yeah, they're into everything. You know, in the off season they do jujitsu, um they play soccer, um, they box, they man, they do everything. And that's like kind of our only rule in the house. is, like, dude, you don't have to fight, you know, this is what I do. You wear your own shoes kind of thing. Um, but you have to do something. You have to have some kind of extracurricular activity. You want to be on the chess team, cool. You want to be on the math team, fine. But you, know, you have to be doing you know, something. Something.
0: In college, was uh, was steroids
1: pretty big? Could there's only one person at all five years that I was there that I know for a fact did them? And, and never she- got busted. And then he just, you know, he he told me. You know, that's the only reason why I know. Mm-hmm. You know, but outside of that, just I don't think so. I think some of these guys are just fucking gifted. Bl- you know, yeah, just hit the genetic lottery.
0: Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Well, you, being around any NFL players or NBA, NBA players, you're like, what the fuck? Like, when I saw Greg Hardy the first time, I'm like, Jesus, yeah. fuck,
1: bro. And that dude's an all-pro, dude. People talk about me being like a football player and going to MMA. Mm-hmm. No, that motherfucker was the best of the best, yeah. you know, uh, and then got into MMA. He's just a heavyweight, you know. It's fucking one punch from either one of those guys
0: Fucking night night, dude. Yeah, I was I was surprised. I wonder what Greg Hardy's gonna go from here.
1: I'm sure that he'll do some boxing or that seems to be the the road. The next avenue after the UFC is some bare knuckle shit, which
0: What do you think of the bare knuckle shit?
1: I mean it's cool, you know, unless they come in with like a big check, I'm not doing it
0: uh say they come to you woo, 70 and 70 nah hell nah fuck man. i know dude just scrumpling <laughs> your you have, hey, you have strong uh, hands
1: dude, i've already broken it with the glove on so
0: that's the thing dude
1: have you ever been to one i have dude you yeah, people are like oh that's cool fuck that go to no. one and see if you want to do that shit Fuck. Th- mother- that's <laughs> what i think too
0: i'm like dude my hand will explode hitting someone's skull
1: yeah well every punch dude like they the fights usually only last one round yeah and then every punch they like dude it just looks like their face is getting lacerated
0: yeah and I, I don't know if it's like maybe a little bit of support because they can I, I think they can tape like an inch below their knuckles maybe it'll support your wrist a little bit but still dude i'm like fuck that is yeah, right, right
1: bro And there is no pecking and popping and peppering dude those motherfuckers are Chucking. I like, nah, hell nah, dude.
0: That's what I think, too. They come
1: with that Page Man's ant money, though. That's the ah, thing. man, we'll have a conversation. Seven figs? Yeah. Yeah. Over four or five, like, you know. Mm-hmm. I can fuck with that.
0: Damn, so yeah, Greg Hardy, th- he got TKO'd, KO'd, and TKO'd. Tough fucking fights. They give him really tough fights. But, dude,
1: even that Tui Vasa, you know, he had uh, Tui Vasa on skates. Like, he did. He, he cracked him in, like... You know, I don't know how hurt he was, but you know, when somebody can't find the floor with their feet, you know, you hurt him pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, and he just wasn't able to finish the fight. But you know, he's like that far away from beating the dude who
0: about to fight for the title.
1: Yeah, well, he's fighting Gain next. If he beats Gain, he's for sure gonna yeah. fight for the belt.
0: And I, I, th- I think that was the same card. Yeah, Shug was on, and and the size difference between those two. I was like, dude, how the fuck is Ty going to beat this guy? <laughs> And then he clubs him with that fucking left hook coming in that was sweet dude. yeah that was sweet yeah what else do you got on agenda for the day
1: um uh, i'll go home after this take a nap get up run uh get a massage you know get stretched out hit the sauna mm-hmm. and call it a day
0: boom perfect Fuck yeah y- you uh you ever been to a rub and tug parlor
1: I have not, I have not. These are like mysteries me. Everybody I talk to, he's like, oh yeah, I've been to one, I've been to one, they exist. I'm like.
0: Would your wife get well, mad?
1: Duh, of course. Was she, was she?
0: <laughs> it's weird to me, yeah, that, that, she, that person can rub you everywhere. Yeah, But if yeah. they touch that muscle, that certain muscle, it's the fucking end of the world.
1: Yeah, well, you know, she's giving me sexual pleasure. I think that's what the yeah the, you know, bottom line is,
0: so, yeah yeah i mean they're all over around here there's fucking tug parlors if it's a (laughs) if it's if it says massage and then you go in there and they open a sliding glass window it's a hundred percent a tug parlor yeah yeah it's crazy but i mean probably a couple months ago they had all the the rub and tug ladies out on the the curb and all the guys that were in there on the curb the cops busted them oh wow i wonder how they busted them though bust in there and he's got a boner he's like you I'm sure somebody Undercover?
1: Yeah, there was some undercover guy getting jerked off before Mm -hmm. the rest of the police came in. He's like, Hold on, hold on, hold on. on." Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Fuck. So you do any type
1: of meditation type stuff? I do. I do. Um I just sit in the dark with my eyes closed. And just like I do like visualization stuff, like how do I want the fight to go? How do I think it'll go? Like play it out like several times over and over and over and over and over. And sometimes, like, when I fought the uh, uh Moher or whatever, I can't really pronounce his last name. But anyways, I knew that he was going to shoot. I knew that I was going to uh, not sit out, but uh, yeah, I forget what that shit is called, where they shoot, like, a head outside and you kind of switch. No, I didn't go under. I went over uh, and, like, stuffed his head. Oh, okay. And, like, sat down. Mm-hmm. And then we came up and I turned the corner and got up before he did and cracked him. And I, I, I saw that over and over and over and over. You know, I think uh obviously it's not a hundred percent. If it was I'd be undefeated, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh I think it works pretty well to, you know, kinda get that going in your mind and
0: So you yeah. do so you're doing a lot of like visualization. But, like meditation to where you sit there and you try to just completely clear your mind, do you do any of that, or mostly visualization stuff? Uh,
1: mostly visualization'cause mm-hmm. you know I like to see the fight happen, like maybe see myself get hurt, and you know you know bounce back, get back, and you know find a way to win the fight, kind of thing um, but yeah, you know maybe I just don't know how to meditate, mm-hmm. you know,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think many people are born knowing how, but you should you should check out this app that I sugar and I use. It's called the Waking Up app with Sam Harris, and it's this neuroscientist, and he walks you through a, a meditation course, and it's pretty simple. And then he has he talks to different uh, like brain experts and stuff on there. It's pretty interesting shit. So
1: uh, yeah, send it to me. I'm down to you know try whatever.
0: Hell yeah, I will, dude. Yeah, so it's been good uh getting a couple rolls in with you, coming to the gym. I was pumped when you came in. Um and I was surprised. I was like, ah, I bet his is not that good, but your is pretty fucking good, dude. I and mean,
1: what you is what I started with and uh I like jujitsu and even when I'm done fighting I'll probably forever do because mm-hmm. you can do it when you're an old man. You can't fight, box and yeah get punched in the face. You know, that shit has a shelf life. But mm-hmm. you know, jujitsu like
0: And usually guys with your, your type of strength and your type of athleticism, it takes them a while to get good at jujitsu just because they're muscling through things. They're, they're using their power to explode and get out of things. So they don't really slow it down and try to actually get good at the techniques. You know, that's why I was surprised with you. I was like, damn, his techniques real solid.
1: My thing was, uh, dude, I don't want to like rely on attributes. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I can use the attributes in a fight when I have to, like, you know, hulk out or something. I can do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm never, ever. It's a lot easier when you, like, technique it, you yeah. know. And, you know, for my training partners, it's not going to be fun for you to roll with me or want to roll with me, you know, if I'm, like, pushing on your face and, like, you know, you know you're know, you getting beat up when you're rolling with me. Yeah. Then, you know, that's how people get hurt. So um, I kind of try to take the attributes out of it or, you know, You know, maybe bringing my strength down to, you know, the person that I'm rolling. If I'm rolling with a 150-pound person, like, is this a realistic roll if he's my size and I'm just, like, bench-pressing him off of him? Yeah. Of course not. So when I get somebody my size, I try to bench-press, and they don't work. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, shit, now what? Like you better yeah. come for that underhook or you know do whatever you gotta do
0: yeah th- th- i mean the better people you go with the more you have to just do things right if you're guessing i mean if you're and you're going against a brown belt and a black belt it's just the guessing sometimes it'll work but not a lot sure uh do you, you train in the gi much i
1: do yeah yeah
0: um
1: i had to get used to the gi like when i first put it on dude i want to throw that motherfucker out the window <laughs> Every you day. get choked with it, dude, like, all What the, the time, fuck, dude, And just like held down and pinned down. I'm just like, goddamn, dude. I can't even get away from my own clothes, you know. <laughs> Hell yeah! But and then I also thought, like, dude, if you get in a fight, you know, people like there's that argument, like, uh, real life application, dude. Mm-hmm. If you have a collared shirt on or a button down <laughs> shirt, dude, that's a fucking gi top, <laughs> and I can <laughs> choke you with that. Yeah. So yeah, you, you know, there is like gi application to yeah real life and if you know you're wearing a t-shirt and you go to take off your shirt then we're not doing jiu-jitsu I'm gonna sock you, yeah. you know while you have your shirt over your head you know so
0: yeah it's definitely just a, a different game I, I like it it slows it down a little bit it's a little bit more thinking but I think I mean training in the gi it probably does benefit you a little bit you're still on the mats you're still just understanding jiu-jitsu and the grips you need to have is training the gi hundred percent that's gonna overall build your grip strength for guillotines front headlocks and all, and all that stuff yeah sure
1: ask olivera if he trains in a gi yeah exactly I guarantee you he trains in a gi yep a hundred yeah. percent i'm sure he does like no gi stuff too but that guy puts a gi on you know a couple times a week i'd imagine
0: yeah for sure so you listen to much podcasts
1: <sighs> not really i'm never in a car long enough mm-hmm. to you know listen to a pod- podcast you know but
0: um. Yeah. No. Nah, not really. Yeah. Not too many. Well, sweet dude, thanks for coming on. Fucking pumped to watch you whoop this dude's ass. Oh yeah, you were on the Netflix show, the Rakai show. How did that come about? Your manager hit you up?
1: Nah, nah. It's just a uh, kind of right place at the right time. Um, you know, the South right now is kind of like the the mecca for Hollywood because it's way cheaper to film in Alabama and Georgia than it is California and New York. So, man, there's like 160, um, uh, what do you call it, like, movies being shot in Atlanta this year alone. Damn. You know, That's you know like I said. Because so, of taxes? So, yeah, yeah, California. Even Hollywood's like, man, fuck this. Yeah. And uh, they filmed the movie with, uh, oh, my goodness, I, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Uh, you ever seen Blade? The very first one.
0: Fuck, if I did it would have been a long ass time ago.
1: Alright, well the main bad guy and or yeah, the main bad guy in that dude The Black the, Guy. Well, he's the good guy, but the antagonist in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh dude, I can't believe <laughs> anyways, they were filming a movie in Birmingham, uh an MMA movie. And uh they wanted to use our gym and uh use us all as like extras in the background and stuff, so And then the stunt coordinator for that got the job for Cobra Kai, and they needed a big Mexican looking guy. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're like, hey, Eric's big and he looks Mexican. Let him do it. And uh, sure enough, you know, I did it and got to fight Johnny Lawrence. Was that a good time? It was, you know, just the behind the scenes stuff, dude. It was two 12 hour days. So 24 hours of filming just these two scenes. And I guarantee you, I haven't seen it. But I guarantee you, it's this is like, the final cut is, is, is probably like a minute of what I actually did. Yeah. And it's crazy, because you film it, you film it, you film it, you film it, you finally get it right. And then they switch the cameras to the other side, and you have to do it all over again the exact same way. And at the end, I was like, dude, this is fucking exhausting, dude. But I like, dude, it was a cool experience to... You know, see how it all works and be a part of it. Yeah, you know, Cobra Kai is like the number one show on Netflix whenever it drops. So. That's
0: fucking badass. It's yeah, good. I always think about that with the with the actors. I'm like, dude, that is not an easy job. It's not, and me, I have no acting experience. So yeah, the whole time, I'm like,
1: am I doing this right? <laughs> am I doing this right? Somebody give me some feedback. Do I suck? Am I good? Am I all right? Like what? And uh yeah, you know, but I, I don't know because you know Hollywood, they're like oh dude that's great it's just crazy like how nice they were especially to like the the, the main people that they could do no wrong like, mm-hmm. and somebody completely say the wrong line it's like oh it's okay don't worry man you're doing awesome do it again and I was like
0: and then when you do something wrong they're like oh, no
1: nice. they were the same way oh they're cool but outwardly but I'm just like. Are they saying that just because I'm like, I'm here now, and they just need this shit to hurry up and go? Yeah. Or and they don't want to, like, ruin my confidence, you know, uh, or whatever. But in their head, they're like, dude, fuck this guy, dude. goddamn, Yeah, Yeah. right.
0: Two 12-hour days, too for maybe a minute scene. I mean, the reality show I was on, the, the Bellator Fightmaster show, six weeks of cameras on you every fucking moment. And then what they show, each episode's like, without commercials is maybe 30 minutes you're like fuck so much more went on than that (laughs) yeah it's crazy shit but But it uh,
1: was cool man you know i'd I'd love to do it again or you know the acting thing it's actually kind of fun mm -hmm. you know to kind of step inside you know you know i got to be a mexican kickboxer (laughs) you know
0: yeah i'm pumped to see it when's that come out
1: uh september 9th i believe
0: hell yeah that's gonna be good so who do you got adesanya cannoneer
1: Man, Cantoneer's the homie, but, man, I think that Adesanya is just, like, a master of range and distance and getting people to, like, you know, he faints a lot, mm-hmm. so, you know, so he keeps people guessing. But, same token, uh, the hardest fight that Adesanya's had in the UFC was to assure a guy like gasoline. Mm-hmm. you know. So, I'm just wondering if Cantoneer uh, probably hits a lot harder than, than he does. So, I don't think it takes much uh, from Cantoneer, so – You know, I'd like to see him. You know, move in and you know uh, take some risks. See if he can like navigate that water like Gaslam did. You know, and uh, you know he's. I think he's like deceptively long too. You know, yeah, he is. Next one, he's a little bit shorter, but dude, his arms, his reach is. You know, he's he's long. Yeah.
0: So and he just got fucking heavy punches, dude. He's kept all that power from when he was three hundred pounds. It's weird with Gaslam though. Gaslam's build and everything. He's just a tricky fucking southpaw. Yeah, and he's fast, too, dude. Is don't, he?
1: Don't sleep, you know, moving around in front of him. And he's strong, you know. Obviously, all these guys at the the highest level have all the attributes, mm-hmm. you know, strength, speed, quickness, reflexes, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some of these guys are just different, dude. You look at Cantonier, you're like, holy fuck, dude. And, you know, like you said, he used to be 300 pounds. So, like, his bone density is that of a 300-pound yeah. dude, you know, the... Just walking around with what he, you know, if he walks around at 185, you know, it's like 115 pounds, you know, taking a weight vest off, you know? Yeah. So I don't know what he walks around at, but, you know, when you're used to carrying that much weight and you lose it, but you, like, you lose it, like, in a healthy way. Like, mm-hmm. he's healthy, dude, you know, mm-hmm. he's, you know, it's probably how he's supposed to look the whole time, you know? I don't know what his eating habits and exercise habits were before, but, you know, he's... A big, strong motherfucker. Man. Yeah,
0: he's the, optimizing himself. Yeah, exactly. uh I mean, if there's anyone to do it mentally, Jared's going to be the one to do it, but he's going to have to take some risks. Yeah. It's going to be hard fighting, Izzy, is he, is he right now. Izzy's similar to Sugar in a lot of ways, I feel like. He's fucking very good at his distance and he's punching you at the end of his punches, he's always making you out of range. Out of range for you and in range for him. He's mm-hmm. just fucking on top of it right now. I'm stoked for that fight, dude.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I think uh, me and my old lady are actually going to try and go.
0: Hell yeah, that'll be sweet. That'll be sweet. Uh, sugar's on that card, too. and then. Uh, oh,
1: he's fighting Pedro. Big ones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'll be a dope fight. Kind of same thing, though. You know, much taller, longer guy versus... But, dude, I think Pedro's demise is, you know, he ducks his head down and he throws those wide, looping Mm -hmm. punches. So it's going to be hard to reach uh, sugar anyways, you know, Mm because, you know, you're losing range off the the looping punches. Yeah, I
0: was watching a bunch of his stuff yesterday. I'm like, he's he's always, I mean – He's really good if you're sitting in the pocket and banging. He, yeah. he might be the one who fucking clubs you and drops you, guillotines you, whatever. But he's got really good fucking calf kicks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know that that's going to be the thing we got to have an answer for is the calf kicks. And, of course, he's going to try to pressure him. Of course, he's going to try to take him down. Of course, he's going to try to put him in the fence. That's what everyone's trying to do. But uh, easier said than done. Dude, but I'm, I'm pumped, too.
1: And that big cage, dude, he's got all the room in the world to yeah, you know, do what he does and move, stick and move, you know.
0: Pedro's a fucking stud too, dude. Look mm-hmm. at all his fights he takes. He fights literally the best guys, the best guys, and he could have been like, "No, I'm not fighting Sean. I'm ranked above Sean. I want someone higher." But he's like, "No, I'll take it." Sean's up and coming. Like, what a stud! So no, and and he's training at American Top Team, good ass gym. You know he's gonna have a good pl- game plan, be ready to go. But uh, we're gonna be ready to go too, so it's gonna be sweet. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, it's been good hanging out. So. I appreciate you having me. Hell yeah, bro. All right, this episode is sponsored by uh, Cushy Dreams, guys. Go check them out and get yourself a little something-something. All right, see you next week. Peace. Peter, going to shuffle in. I'm going to throw a two.